Welcome to Classical Music for Stories. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the podcast, Classical Music, The Stories. Um, this week I'm moving back to um, a genre of music that I've covered already before um, in one of my last episodes. Um, I'm doing the Requiem again. Um, a Requiem, if you remember, being um, a mass for the dead, um, a funeral mass. Um, and I did Mozart's Requiem already um, a couple of weeks back. Um, but it's a completely different story now for this Requiem. It's a I think it's a much more uplifting story than Mozart's. It was a very dark time for Mozart at that time. 
um, but here we have um, a Requiem by Gabriel Faure, a French composer, um, who composed it for no other reason apart from the fact that he wanted to compose it. Um, his parents did pass away around the time he began composing it, but it's thought that it wasn't really a contributing factor, um, seeing as he'd actually begun work on it already before he'd lost them. Um, he began composing it sort of around 1887. His father had died in 1885, but his mother um, passed away in 1887 um, after he'd started working on it in the in the winter of 1887, she died. Um, and yeah, so that was after he'd begun it. So, uh, I mean, it could have been a, a small factor that he was sort of surrounded by death a bit more. He was thinking about death a bit more. Um, but it also is purely for the fact that he wanted to write um, a piece such as that. Um, and the difference between Faure's Requiem and the Requiem of other composers, both before and after, is that it's not one in which it's it's not very gloomy. It's not a very depressing piece of music. It's a, it's full of uplifting life and joy. Um, he said himself he wrote it for um, eternal rest and consolation. He didn't view death as a bad thing at all. He saw it as the destination and where you go <clears throat> at the end of your life. Um, what he wrote himself is, everything I managed to entertain by way of religious illusion I put into my requiem which moreover is dominated from beginning to end by a very human feeling of faith in eternal rest. Um, which I think is beautiful, beautifully put. It's a very different kind of requiem. Um, not even in like the message it conveys, but how it was written as well. In most requiems you'd have what is called the dies irae, um, which is sort of more the, the dramatic moment of most requiems. Um, and most of it he, just, he scratched. Uh, he didn't want most of that in there. He replaced it instead with a P.A. Jesu, um, which is a lot less um, terrifying and minor. It's very, it's so uplifting, this piece of music. It's really not um, dark. Well, it's dark in some points, but it's like it's dominated more by the, the everlasting sense of joy. And then the last, very last section of the Requiem, which is what I've played for you um, in the beginning there, um, is entitled the um, In Paradisum. And um, it was never part of a requiem before this. It was part of um, the burial mass, uh, which was in fact called um, the order of burial. And he added that in at the end, um, purely because of the words, which I'll talk about in, in a bit. Um, and there were there's those versions of the requiem as well. He he wrote it once, and he wrote it again, and then he wrote it again. Um, the first version was written sort of 87, 1887 to eighteen eighty eight, um, and he entitled it the Un Petit Requiem, so the Little Requiem, um, with only five movements. There was no Libra Me, um, which I also played for you at the beginning there. Um, that was a separate composition for many years beforehand. Um, this version of the Requiem was performed for the first time. It was premiered on January 16th, 1888, um, for the funeral of an architect, forgive me if I say this wrong, Joseph Le Soufache. Um, in Paris, and it was conducted by um, Gabriel Faure himself. In 1889, he then added the Libre Amé, and he performed this version um, on 21st of January 1893, once again conducting it um, in the same place even, uh, in the same cathedral. And this is the most common version now. Um, it's a, a very small orchestra um, for that time. It's like it's, there's only, there's not even, there's only one violinist in the entire thing. 
um, the, most of it's dominated by the violas when it comes to those soaring string melodies. Um, but yeah, only one violin, and they come in really very much towards the end. Um, they have a lot to sit through, um, but uh, that's their part, just the one violin part. And um, it's uh, got a couple of horns, uh, a couple of strings, a bit more woodwind, and an organist, and that's basically it. It's very, very smallly scored, not very much going on at all. Um, which is why then in 1899 to 1900 he was convinced by a couple of people around him that if he wanted this piece to be performed in a concert hall setting, in the bigger like halls for music at that time, he'd want to make the orchestra a little bit bigger. Um, because obviously with a small orchestra and a small choir it would work um, in an intimate setting like at the cathedral um, or a church. But if he wanted it to be performed on a larger scale he'd need more people which is exactly what he did. He reworked the Requiem for full orchestra. And this is the third um, version, if you like. And he and this was performed um, in, in Paris once again, um, this time not by Faure um, conducting. It was conducted by Paul Tafanel. And this is what blows my mind. Um, 250 musicians. Nowadays, I'd say a Requiem such as Faure takes about 50 to 60 people to perform it. And this is 250. I just, I just I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, I would love to know, really. I'd love to have been there to see what that would have been like. But as I said, the most common version is the one with less people involved. Um, this was kind of the time where the media was really beginning to get properly into the whole idea of journalism and interviewing. And so we actually have um, a little snippet of an interview he gave um, about his Requiem. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read you... Um, uh, large piece from that right now and he said this it has been said that my requiem does not express the fear of death and someone has called it a lullaby of death but it is thus that i see death as a happy deliverance an aspiration towards happiness above rather than as a painful experience the music of charles gounod has been criticized for its inclination towards human tenderness but his nature predisposed him to feel this way Religious emotion took his form inside him. Is it not necessary to accept the artist's nature? As to my requiem, perhaps I also instinctively sought to escape from what is thought right and proper after all the years of accompanying burial services on the organ. I know it all by heart, but I wanted to write something different. And so he did. Um, he wrote this beautiful requiem. And and this is kind of this concludes this beautiful story, um, and that was in nineteen twenty four. Um, the full orchestral version, um, that is the 1900 version, was performed at the funeral of Faure himself. It was um, that was his funeral mass, and I, I, I just I love this because the difference between this now and Mozart is that Mozart um, at this point was he was in deep paranoia and uh, he was terrified of death um, in reality, and when someone turned up and commissioned him to write the Requiem, he truly believed it was for himself, which wouldn't have helped. But Faure writing it, I would think about 20, 30 years before he died, um, he just, he, he didn't write it for that purpose at all. I don't think he wrote it for the purpose of anyone's funeral. He wrote it because he wanted to express exactly how he felt about death and about that whole kind of topic. It opens the Requiem, um, a bit like the Mozart Requiem. Um, it's, it's, he's, he took inspiration from a lot of things. He took inspiration even from the Brahms um, Deutsches Requiem, 
um, in many ways of how it's um, formatted, but it opens a bit like the Mozart Requiem softly in the key of D minor. Um, and this is uh, opened by just very, very quiet. Um, the choir sings Requiem Eternum, um, and this means, um, translated into English from the Latin, eternal rest. And this, um, these words are evident throughout the entire Requiem. They come back here and there. Um, towards the end, these, these are the two sections I chose. I chose the last two movements because um, I wanted to show the contrast between the two of them. You have the Libera Me. Um, the words for these are, Free me, Lord, from eternal death on that terrible day when the heavens will move and the earth when you come to judge the world with fire. It's a lot, it's a very, uh, this is what Fari, I believe, reckons other people think about death. This is kind of their perception of it. It's like a, a really bad thing. You don't want to go anywhere near it. You live forever, that kind of thing. Um, which is contrasted heavily then by the final movement of the Requiem, uh, which is the In Paradisum. And as I mentioned already, the words come from the Order of Burial. And they go something like, May angels lead you to paradise. And this is kind of built upon then for the next three minutes. Um, very, very soft movement. Um, and it's also in the major key. It's become kind of, it's been in minor for most of the piece. And then out of nowhere it comes into major. And it's just, it's, I think it's Fauré's way of expressing how his thoughts on that death is just, it's part of life. And it's, it's where you go towards the end. And it concludes the entire Requiem um, with the words again, with Requiem Eternum. Um, I think it's just such a such a beautiful story and such a beautiful um, context and such a beautiful meaning behind it as well, um, which I don't think would have been very, very popular uh, back then. Um, but from then, I think people began to realize that and many philosophers followed in that way, that death was um, then part of life. It was your destination. It was the end of your journey. So anyway, that is the Foray Requiem. So that's it now for today's episode. Um, I'm now going to play you. Um, I'm going to play you the second half of the Libra May, followed immediately by the full in Paradisum. Um, the reason for that is I just really want to show the difference between the two um, and how they fit together. Also, in the way, like in their differences, they come together so magically as well. Um, so that's going to happen now. Um, the orchestra, um, which performed is performing this on today's episode, is the Orchestra Revolutionnaire et Romantique. Um, with the Monteverdi Choir um, under the baton of Sir John Elliot Gardiner. Thank you all for listening to the episode. Um, as usual, I'm on all the social media platforms um, if you want to go find me. Um, for example, I'm on Instagram, um, and that is at classicalmusic underscore insta. Um, I am on Facebook, just search for Classical Music of the Stories, and Gmail, classicalmusicofthestories at gmail.com. Thank you all sincerely for listening and um i am looking forward to next week already for when i can speak to you all about music again um, it's one of my favorite things to do all right take care and here now is the full libra may not the full half of libra may and the full in paradisum <laughs>